In 1953, one of the Netherlands' biggest natural disasters in recent history took place in Zeeland and South Holland. An enormous flood, caused by the combination of a storm and high water levels, killed 1,836 people and many more animals, and terribly damaged practically anything in its way. After this terrible flood, the Netherlands installed the so-called Delta Works to make sure the coastal areas do not flood again. But for how long will the Netherlands be able to cope with a sea whose waters are getting higher and higher? Hello and welcome to our podcast, The Dutch and the Dams. As you might imagine, the topic of today's podcast is rising sea levels, more specifically, the relevance of rising sea levels to the Netherlands. We have two guests with us today, Sibren Dreifhout and Diogi Hentlin, and they are going to share their insights and experience on this topic with us and thus also with you. My name is Maarty van Houwelingen. I am a Dutch student at Erasmus University College, and today I am recording this podcast with some of my friends from EUC, Leora Meijers, Anne Diedrich and Joachim Streletsky. Our first guest is Professor Sibren Drijfhout. He's not only a part-time professor in physical oceanography and climate physics at the University of Southampton, but he also works part-time as an associate professor of dynamics of the climate at the University of Utrecht in the Netherlands. And he works part-time for the Royal Dutch Meteorological Institute, leading the investigation on rising water levels. And that is exactly what we're going to ask him about today. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some questions prepared for you. So the first question is, what is the current situation in the Netherlands regarding the rising water levels? The current situation is that the sea level is rising it's something in the order of 2 millimeters per year, which is 20 centimeters per century. All right. And how would you describe the situation we're in? Like, how dangerous is it or how soon will it become dangerous? At present, this situation is not dangerous. That is, we can easily cope with one meter and probably with two meters without very, very big problems. However, at present, the sea level at the Dutch coast is rising slower than the global average. There are several reasons, but we expect that this situation will not continue. So we will expect, even without a lot of extra warming, the sea level for the Dutch coast will accelerate. And it might accelerate much more if very complicated ice flow processes on especially the continent of Antarctica, are going to accelerate. It may become much, much more. And also, because ice caps are reacting so slowly, if we now stop, they will continue to lose mass. So eventually, the sea level rise will be so large that we cannot cope with it. So what would be your advice for policy in the Netherlands from now on to either cope with or escape from the rising waters? Yes. So the problem is very important and maybe catastrophic at some stage, but not urgent. So it is unlikely that before, say, 2200, the sea level will have risen that much that we really can't cope with it. But even then, if it would be in 2300, I always say that cities like Amsterdam or Dijk or Rotterdam have more history than future. So that's not a nice message. To make this whole sea level rise, which we call committed sea level rise, 
stars. It is a reaction to the warming that has already happened to make it as slow as possible and to prevent as much tipping points associated with part of the Antarctic ice cap. We should, as soon as possible, stop emitting carbon dioxide and try to limit global warming as much as possible. So the eventual sea level rise is one, one and a half, two degree warming is much less and it will go much slower to these higher levels and never becomes three or five degrees. So we need to do everything we can to really implement and fulfill the Paris Agreement. All right, so your advice to prevent that it comes that uh, far is to reduce global emissions, correct? Yes, that's the only way to reduce global emissions and to reduce the warming and to work very hard on ways to capture the carbon. All right, thank you very much. Those were the questions we prepared for you. Thank you for sharing your views on this subject with us. Bye-bye. Our second guest is Dr. Yogi Hale Hendlen, who is an environmental philosopher and public health scientist. He holds positions of both assistant professor at the Erasmus School of Philosophy and core faculty of the Dynamics of Inclusive Prosperity Initiative, both at the Erasmus University of Rotterdam. He holds a PhD in environmental philosophy from the University of Kiel and has previously worked on corporate malfeasance and conflicts of interests. Dr. Yogi Hendlen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, in our subject of climate change in the Netherlands, and more specifically rising sea levels, we have prepared a few questions that we would like to ask you. The first question is, given the severity of this crisis and length of time it was really ignored, why isn't this still a priority in politics or public debate? Why isn't everyone panicking? Well, we've done a very good job, thanks to, you could say, a terror management theory and the propaganda of governments and corporations to think that it's elsewhere. So we've been focused on sustaining an unsustainable economy for as long as possible before the house of cards falls, rather than actually being adults and saying, oops, look, our industrialization processes are destroying uh, the ecosystems which created us and which we're entirely dependent on for these things that we now monetize and call ecosystem services. But if that falls apart, there is no such thing as the economy, as we've seen under Corona. We left our airports open far longer than we should. The Dutch border with Germany and Belgium might be closed, but if you're rich and powerful or a politician, you can fly in and out anytime you want. Uh, no problem. And that's why we're getting all these strains around the world. But meanwhile, because we're not respecting biological limits and we're letting elites do whatever they want, we are dealing with a global pandemic, a catastrophe, which is crippling our economies. And we're seeing our financial markets uh, go into the stratosphere. They're doing better than they've ever done in history, while billions of people around the world are suffering and dying, committing suicide, depressed, not getting the social connections they need, losing their jobs, losing their homes, going hungry on the streets. What would be the course of action that you would go with to not necessarily prevent it, but do all in your power to stop it? We would drastically increase our investment in local food production, take away power of transnational corporations like Monsanto to 
manage all these greenhouses, we would deploy a large percentage of the population to growing food. We would encourage everybody to grow gardens. We would take up the streets in many neighborhoods and start planting vegetables and make many streets car free. We would phase out fossil fuels within five years and drastically reduce personal automobile ownership and use so that we had for need be circumstances, self-driving electric cars. But for most trips, take a Bachfeets or take your bicycle uh, or your electric bike or public transportation. That would be alone a huge, but quite easy if you actually think about it, change that the Dutch government could make in the next five years. Beyond that, I would tax all flights proportionate to income and wealth. So for each flight that you take, it would cost you, let's say 1% of your total wealth, no matter if you were a billionaire or a pauper. So you, you still have like the same disincentive to do it. The Netherlands doesn't tax corporations hardly at all. It's one of the biggest tax havens in the world, certainly in the EU. And so I would say you start putting taxes on corporate profits at 70%, and then you start creating a different economy that's not built on growth. A degrowth economy is where we need to get to. It's not an option. It's where we need to get to. Now, we can plan a degrowth economy, or we can let climate chaos and biological warfare of our own making, and by that I don't mean anything besides the fact that it's completely avoidable for us to continue spreading the coronavirus in our own society and creating the next coronavirus with all the, the melting of the Siberian permafrost, etc. And I would say what we need to do is focus on mitigation and not adaptation. Adaptation will happen anyhow. But if we don't start mitigating our CO2 outputs, we're just going to dig such a big hole that when the crisis comes, when het water kommt, we're just going to fall into it and we're going to have no escape plan. And those who don't have the private islands are going to be the worst off, but those on the private islands are going to soon be underwater anyhow. So those are some of the policy options which are totally doable and on the table that I would enact starting like 40 years ago. But today's a good second option. Yet there are still so many investments being done, for example, even in Rotterdam, from businesses you can see new plans for skyscrapers being built on Kuvanzout. Of course, of course. This is the last gasp of a dying dinosaur where they're saying, let's build, let's com continue growth, growth, growth until we're disabled from doing so by natural forces. Now, if this is like a criminal saying that they want to go on a crime spree until they get caught by the police. For our questions, that would be it. Dr. Hendon, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Take care. Unfortunately, that's all we have for you today. We hope that it was insightful for you and you took something from this that you didn't know beforehand. Even though the message you've received in this podcast is quite a heavy one, especially if you're living in the Netherlands, you don't have to be absolutely devastated because there's already change happening globally. The next 10 years are going to be crucial in determining what the world is going to look like at the end of the century, not only with rising sea levels, but also for climate change as a whole. It is possible for us to take action and to demand more promising 
pressing policies regarding climate change from our governments as well as international organizations. And if our podcast was in any way helpful or interesting, which I personally think it was with the guests that we had, then that's good enough for today. And on that note, we want to thank Dr. Hendlin and Dreyfus for participating in our podcast and sharing their experiences with us. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day and goodbye.